0: your cells are starved for nutrients so we just treat at the cellular level give the building blocks for what the body requires mm-hmm. in order for it to allow the rna and the dna to make the right proteins to do the right thing i hear it all the time people in in a family that the the mom is taking the same nutrients as the dad and the children and they all help balance different things Mm -hmm. i do i get to the point of calling it total body meltdown that both men and women are going through because i didn't want to keep identifying oh adrenal exhaustion and hypothyroid and then sex hormone imbalance they're all, they're all kind of mishmashed mish together in total body meltdown. And instead of just folk continuing to specialize and focus on this organ or that, you just focus on the cells.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Eat Real to Heal podcast. I am your host, Nicolette Richet, and it is a pleasure to be with you here today sharing information knowledge science from some of the leading experts from around the world in nutritional medicine so nutrition isn't taught in med schools at the level that we need it to be in fact in many med schools it's not taught at all and if it is it's probably only given in about one to two hours of curriculum time in the entire four to ten years that a medical doctor will go to school. So this is really a catastrophe when it comes to the way we address human health because medical doctors are taught to prescribe, to diagnose, and to treat using prescription meds. Fortunately, in 2020, we are coming across more and more doctors that are finding their own path, that are reading the scientific literature, the evidence-based medicine that has been out for hundreds of years, literally a hundred years of research of quality clinical trials, quality science that has proven over and over and over again that our body needs nutrients, nutrients from real whole food, and that is what sustains our body's ability to regenerate, to heal, to support the immune system and the hormone system and digestive health and so on. Doctors have been writing about this for decades and decades and decades, but unfortunately, the medical school curriculum is designed by individuals and entities and organizations that have a pre-existing mandate. And often that mandate also comes with the addition of funds. So it's like that for elementary schools, high schools, um, universities, medical schools, any type of learning institution needs to be funded by someone. And so the easiest way to find out where the curriculum is really, um, who's designing the curriculum is to look at who is funding the educational institutions. I remember in one of my university classes, uh, sorry, one of my high school classes, uh, one of the teachers pointed that out and they made us look around the classroom and they said, what do you see on the walls? and we saw posters that were in those plexiglass frames and they had and my teacher had us read what was on those posters and they were scattered throughout the school but they were the things that we didn't really notice but that were just there in the background and sure enough it was a logging company that was actually funding the school that I went to. And then another poster showed that it was actually Coca-Cola that was funding the school. And you can see this by looking at the cafeterias, looking at the vending machines that are located in the schools. I remember that my junior high school was predominantly funded by Starbucks, by Pizza Hut, and by a KFC I believe it was and it was so sad when I went back to that school to see that in the cafeteria where we had when I had gone to school we had you know the 60 year old chef you know woman who would make potato wedges and gravy and there would always be a salad option and overcooked vegetables and but the food was maybe not the best quality but it definitely wasn't kfc and starbucks and pizza hut like the fast food that is you know ravaging our country and creating and really contributing to the chronic disease we see out there so going back into my classroom that where we saw that you know the school was actually funded by a logging company and coca-cola that was my first introduction into questioning looking around and observing and asking those really important questions that really everyone should needs, needs to be asking who is funding this and that is a question you can ask over and over and over again in any environment that you are in so if you are at your kid's soccer game say who is sponsoring this soccer game Often, what you'll find is that it is fast food companies. Um, Sometimes it's alcohol companies, cigarette companies, um, you know, really big corporations. And often, a lot of these corporations don't have the best intentions. Their intention is to get you to consume more and more and more of their product, even though their products do not promote health and they actually take health away from you and your family. So, stemming from this, We have such an important guest on our show, and this is Dr. Carolyn Dean. She is a medical doctor that originally received her license in Canada, but now lives in Hawaii. And she has done spectacular things over the last three to four decades in the world of science, in medicine, and more. So Dr. Carolyn Dean is also a naturopath in addition to being a medical doctor. So she has two varying perspectives around health, which really posits her as being a go-to individual when it comes to wanting to reverse disease, to heal yourself without medication. Now, she's also the author of over 35 books, including one of my favorite books, which is called The Magnesium Miracle. Also, she has 110 Kindle books out there as well. So you can access her wealth of information that she has shared readily with the world um, through books, audiobooks, Kindle books, and more. Her sorry, and I said 30 three decades, four decades, she has five decades of experience in the health field and including designing her own supplement brand which is more than just a brand, it's actually the go-to resource if you wanna get good, clean um, supplements that don't have fillers that actually do their job because she has designed them to be the most absorbable without those additional fillers that most supplement companies put into their products. Now, she has something for every stage of wellness as well, which is what I love about the work that she does because she knows that a child has different needs than a teenager, which has different needs than an adult who has different needs than, let's say, an aging parent or somebody who is elderly. So definitely go to her site. All the links are below. And one of the things that I I remember when I first learned about Dr. Carolyn Dean, it was because she calls herself the doctor of the future, and I discovered her probably 20 years ago. And literally, she is still the doctor of the future, because in the past 20 years, while we have advanced in many areas, and you know, there's individuals like the plant-based Doctor of the UK, Dr. Gemma Newman. We have Dr. T. Colin Campbell and Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn and Dr. Joel Furman, and so many beautiful doctors out there who are doing incredible work in the field of nutrition and plant based whole food living. Um, she still is a doctor of the future that you can access today, actually, through all of her resources and her products. So, on today's show, uh, we talk about the benefits of supplementation and how you absolutely need to be supplementing because you cannot get all the supplements and nutritional needs met through food alone, especially if your digestive system has been taxed. And one of the nutrients that we all need to consider is magnesium. And this is not a fad nutrient. It's not like glutathione or um, you know some of the supplements that are out there that are like the end all be all supplement. If you just take this, you know, you'll be better. Magnesium is the one molecule you absolutely need in every cell in your being that is there to kickstart all the other chemical processes that are going to take place through your body. And if you don't have magnesium at its foundation, at the base of your um, existence, then you are going to be depleted in all other areas as well magnesium is crucial for life it is life actually and so because of our heavy drug induced prescription medicated medicated world that we live in well most of those medications are actually depleting you depleting you of magnesium in addition to that we live in a world where there is high anxiety depression stress um, all of these triggers constantly coming at us, whether it's noise pollution, environmental pollution, food pollution, um, and, the, and technological pollution, all of these things that stress our body also deplete magnesium in our system. So, that lifestyle coupled with the fact that you're probably eating a standard American diet that doesn't include eating greens three to four to five times a day that are either raw or well cooked so that they're absorbable for your system, it really means you're not getting your magnesium stores replenished. And this is why we're seeing aging happening at the rate that it does, disease setting in at the rate that it does, and it doesn't have to be that way. So in our podcast, we also talk about how the drug industry really has changed the way that doctors treat patients. You're going to learn about that. You're going to learn about Dr. Carolyn Dean's experience in New York researching AIDS and chronic disease and the um, progress she made in those two areas way before anybody else was doing that. You're going to also learn how medical error is a third leading cause of death and so much more. So let's dive into this podcast. You're going to want to listen to this two times, three times over. And also, you know what to do. Share this podcast with others, because ultimately, it's through the knowledge of storytelling. It's through the experience of sharing our stories that we truly learn. So whether it's sharing evidence-based medicine, experience, anecdotal stories, um, stories of others, it's important that we get those stories out there, that we get the facts and the data, that we understand the whole experience in its entire context, and that we share that with others because it's through these tiny little glimpses of knowledge that we take in every day that we're able to put all the pieces together and make sense of our crazy, crazy, amazing world. And this Is also what helps us to break through all the noise as well, because there is so much noise out there. There's so many fad diets, there's so many trendy things that you can buy and take. Everybody's looking for the one hit wonder, the one pill, or the one exercise regime, or the one program that is going to help them lose weight, that is going to reverse their disease, that is going to help them reclaim their energy. And I can tell you that at the end of the day, it really comes back to making sure that every bite of food that you put in your body is clean, real, whole, unprocessed, unfiltered, um, you know, no, uh, no preservative type of foods that you put in your body. And ultimately, it's because our bodies are nature, we are nature, people. This is something that everybody needs to understand. We are connected to the air, the water, the soil, the food, the people, everybody around us, the animals, the rocks, the sky, the ground. We are connected to it all. It is us and we are it. So it's important that we start treating our body with respect and that we start putting things only into our body that serves us, that builds up our health, instead of putting things into our body that harms us. And through doing this, I can guarantee this, you will realize your human potential because your DNA will be unencumbered, your cells will be unencumbered, your body will be neutrified, your brain will thrive from this, all your organ systems will thrive from this, and from this place, you will shine so let's dive into this podcast and of course um, follow us on our 22 million campaign where i am training right now and for the next seven to eight months before june 1st where i'll be taking off using my legs my feet running and cycling in 75 days across canada that's a total of 7,120 kilometers where i will be gathering with indigenous communities physician groups university students youth and community members at large to have dinners and to discuss the barriers to accessing clean real food so support me in my training support me on the tour you can follow my training For free and do the training yourself at 22 million strong. That's a Facebook group. You can also follow us on our website. Links are below. You can go to richerhealth.ca and learn all about this campaign and how you can volunteer, contribute, donate, sponsor, run with me, train with me, um, learn all about how I'm doing this entirely on a plant-based whole foods plan. Um, and hopefully it inspires you, and in turn, I'm going to be inspired by you taking action and joining us on this tour. Okay, that's it. Let's dive into Dr. Carolyn Dean. Thank you for being with us, and we'll see you at the end of the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Eat Real to Heal podcast. On our show today, we have the incredible, smart, amazing, brilliant Doctor of the future, Dr. Carolyn Dean. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on our show and welcome.
0: Thank you so much. Great to be here with a Canadian. Here I am in Maui, so far away, but I'm I'm still a Canadian with my outs and abouts.
1: With your outs and abouts, exactly. And you've managed to keep a little bit of the accent as well, even though some people think Canadians don't have accents. I think we do. Many different types. Yes. (laughs) So... Dr. Dean, we are going to be covering so many topics today. We're going to be talking about magnesium, um, you know, potassium deficiency, nutrient deficiency. Um, we're going to be talking about how to restore our health, and a very, very important topic, um, which we talked about pre-recording, is how did we lose our way to lose our way, you know, of knowing ourselves, knowing our bodies, and knowing how to heal ourselves. But before we dive into all of that. Um, I just want to bring up the fact that, you know, I've been following your work for dozens of years, like you have been one of the leading inspirations in my life around, you know, food as health, medicine, um, nutrition, and but I was really moved, and really, actually, my heart stopped when I heard your story that you were a Canadian doctor, um, and and the fact that you know you were called by was it the Canadian board? If you can just go back to that time in history when you were you know essentially, were you run out of the country? That's what the media made it look like.
0: Right. Well, first of all, Nicolette, please call me Carolyn. We can't have this. I know I'm a doctor. You don't have to tell me. Okay. (laughs) So what was happening back in 1990, 91 is the Ontario um, College of Physicians and Surgeons. um, They pretty much had a witch hunt against about a dozen doctors who were doing alternatives. One doctor went through a huge, investigation and court process. It was Dr. Joseph Kropp and one of the complaints against him is he was recommending that his patients used filtered water. That is how ridiculous it was getting because um, there were a number of us in, in um, Toronto who were doing alternatives. Toronto has a naturopathic college. I'm a naturopath. I was on the board of the naturopathic college. So there was a lot of interest in Toronto in alternatives. And I get, it does appear that the College of of Physicians and and Surgeons in Ontario felt that they had to put a lid on it so they went after a number of doctors as i said about a dozen two committed suicide under the pressure of seemingly false accusations and and just diatribes against against uh, alternatives that weren't in the drug surgery box of medicine even though there was the the quinter law Uh, Quinter was a politician and um, several doctors promoted a bill that Quinter put out that said doctors in their, you know, wisdom and clinical experience should be able to offer patients alternatives to the standard practice according to as I said their wisdom their experience but um, again that was probably a fly in the ointment of the of the board and they came after a number of us now what's very amazing is I wasn't even in Ontario at the time they had a hearing about me I no longer had a Canadian license I had been invited to New York I was uh, my husband and I were living in Manhattan doing AIDS and chronic fatigue research using alternatives. This was before AZT. We were having great success. AZT came along. Most of our, our study participants went to the ACT trials and died. Our, our, uh, uh subjects, uh, were fine. So I've, that is my experience. They, they took away a license that didn't exist just to prove that, well, not prove anything, just to prove how ridiculous they were, but to send a message to other doctors, that, you know, don't do anything other than drugs and surgery or you're going to get called up on the carpet
1: and this is the part that you know when i teach food as medicine um you know to my clients to reverse the leading chronic diseases and even including cancers you know i teach the gerson therapy it's a very intense mm-hmm. metabolic uh nutritional therapy that most people wait until you know the very end when they've tried everything else they wait to, till the end to do that wow. and we have great success and but the one question that is consistent with all of my clients is why doesn't my doctor know about this? Why doesn't my doctor know about, you know, nutrition? And I've even in, so that was back in 1991, that this was happening to these physicians. But even now I get the medical, medical reports from my clients, oncologists that say, patient advised not to change their diet because diet has nothing to do with their particular disease. And it's it's incredible that this is still mm-hmm. happening. And, you know, so So how do we, I mean, you're, are you, you still have a license in?
0: My license is in California. Okay. And,
1: and how are you able to practice now? Like, have you, have you been able to navigate this world because you came into medicine already with a nutritional background, didn't you?
0: Yes. I was interested in nutrition. Um, Nobody would listen to me. I was in honors biology um, some young, I was, um, four or five years older than, than my peers. And a couple of young guys one day said, Hey, did you get accepted? I, well, I feel pretty accepted. What's up? <laughs> and they had these little, you know, punk had been accepted into med school. And I thought, Oh my gosh, if they can get in, I can certainly get in so i marched over to the dean of medicine the office at dalhousie thank goodness they had a med school and who was in the office as the assistant to the dean of medicine but my former high school guidance teacher wow miss miss Elliot, had advised me with my top marks I, I we three of us rotated for top marks in the high school i was vice president of the student high school and she counseled me that i should be an executive secretary or a nurse what year right? was this yeah right it was back in uh 66 67 that is crazy yeah so here i was uh what would that be uh, the early 70s marching into her office and i said miss elliot you got some explaining to do and and um luckily she was uh she supported the fact that oh my gosh yeah i really screwed up so i got into medicine the very next semester I, i had all my um undergrad i Whatever I just live in, it was so awesome. I didn't have to go through the angst of a decade doing, wondering if I could be a doctor. So um, I went in knowing nutrition. I, I got into med school. they didn't I, they attacked my soul. I mean, med school is just horrible, horrible, horrible. Even worse now, because it's so much more drug-oriented. Back then, we were told, you know, use drugs for the shortest time possible to help a person sort of build up their their own, um, well, I would call it life force, build up their own resources so they don't need a drug. But now, I mean, we we all see it. Drugs for life, preventative mm. drugs drugs to help you detox when we know that drugs make you toxic. So we've, we've flipped. When I went into med school, I had the thought that, well, pretty soon all doctors are going to be naturopaths and medical doctors. We're going to be uh, using food as your medicine. But you know, Nicola, I might must say right at the outset, I know that your focus is on food. I don't think food is serving us anymore because the soil is so depleted.
1: Yeah, and And I that is probably one of the strongest things that people need to understand and it's why we have to supplement because we can't get all the nutrients through food alone and you know so many people are afraid deathly afraid of taking supplements taking too much vitamin C taking too much magnesium and meanwhile they're ready to pop a statin into their body or they're ready to pop like insulin into their you know blood but they don't you know but they they're scared of the supplements but people need to understand right now. If we're teaching food as medicine, we also need to teach soil regeneration
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and better agricultural practices. So I mean, you hit the nail on the head there. That, um, yeah, we can't do it alone through food, and that's why even on the Gerson therapy, they have to have those additional supplements. And, and the minute we add them, we see the healing, you know, increase tremendously. Yeah. Um, And that is what I love about the work that you do as well, is that you take so much care around the quality of the supplements. It's not just a bunch of fillers and stuff that's been compounded. And and I want to get into that after um, and really talk about the science around your products because they are pretty incredible. But um, going back, though, to when you were in medical school, because I took my pre-med sciences and thinking I'd go down that route as well. And it was actually reading about your story, being a, you know, doctor of the future, someone who practices nutrition and, and health and all these other alternative practices, but then learning more about how these doctors have been run out of their, you know, pretty much, you know, their licenses have been pulled. And this was, that scared me actually. So I ended up opening up a bunch of plant-based restaurants instead. Um, I know, complete opposite. But it was wonderful having these pre med sciences because it's literally written in our textbooks that the body self heals, and it just needs nutrients to do that.
0: Right. It's cellular. Yes. When people say to me, "Well, there's 65 conditions that can be caused by magnesium deficiency," 65 (sighs) conditions, and Maybe 65 different people with one of each of these conditions will say, well, what should I do? What should I take? How much for this, can, how much for that? Nothing like that exists. What exists is your cells are starved for nutrients. So we just treat at the cellular level. Give the building blocks for what the body requires mm-hmm. in order for it to allow the RNA and the DNA to make the right proteins to do the right thing. I hear it all the time, people in in a family, the the mom is taking the same nutrients as the dad and the children, and they all help balance different things. Mm -hmm. I do, I get to the point of calling it total body meltdown that both men and women are going through, because I didn't want to keep identifying, oh, adrenal exhaustion and hypothyroid and then sex hormone imbalance. They're all, they're all kind of mis- mishmashed together in total body meltdown. And instead of just folk continuing to specialize and focus on this organ or that, you just focus on the cells. Exactly.
1: And magnesium happens to be one of those molecules that are so critical for starting off these Um, cellular processes as well like if you are deficient in magnesium then you know it depending on what your weak link is in your body perhaps genetically it could predict like the different illness that can present itself or um, so can you explain a little bit more about that so that people truly understand how important magnesium is and then we're going to talk about other nutrients as well
0: right well it's my story again with magnesium. When I was in New York doing the um, the AIDS and chronic fatigue research, I started to get on the local TV. I was on The View a number of times. I was their nutritional consultant until they started doing drug ads. I know. As soon as they started doing drug ads, none of us were on there because we could say, well, you know, you can take vitamin C and you may not need such and such. But anyway, what happened is, I guess I, I was doing some writing. I was on TV and um, Random House asked me to write a book on magnesium. And what had happened is one of the uh, publishers had migraines, took magnesium, they cured her migraine, so she was intrigued. So um, uh, I was asked to write this book, and I thought, well, 300 pages on one mineral, how's that possible? And it wasn't long uh, into the research, I realized that I was super magnesium deficient. Mm -hmm. I had uh, headaches and neck tension, heart palpitations, leg cramps, insomnia, but I was still, you know, very hyperactive, very productive. I mean, I was probably operating at 70% efficiency, but, you know, it looked like 100%. Right. And then when I started to take magnesium, I got the laxative effect, as some people do. Any amount of magnesium, boom, gone. So that's what led me into studying more and more and more. I wrote the book. And the the second major edition came out in 2017, um, by which time I'd found uh, reports that 80% of known metabolic functions, 80% require magnesium. 80%. Okay. So that is your basis, head to foot. Um, what magnesium is doing, it's uh, working with your muscles and your nerves anything to do with muscles and nerves you you have to assume that you're magnesium deficient but instead of that doctors who don't learn anything about nutrients in medical school they go rate the symptoms and try to suppress them Mm -hmm. and the other thing that keeps doctors from learning about magnesium and its importance is there's no effective blood test for magnesium Right, the the serum test is is uh, it always looks good? It's a very fine um, narrow range of magnesium in your body to keep your heart beating properly, and if it if that level of sheer magnesium goes down, boom your feedback system pushes magnesium out of your bones and muscles until you don't have enough. And then your bones start being osteoporotic and your muscles start twitching and spasming, and then your heart spasms. Mm -hmm. And that's the epidemic of atrial fibrillation right now, which is being medicated and treated surgically without the introduction of magnesium and potassium. so magnesium i mean i could obviously i could go on and on and on head to toe head to toe um, people who choke on their their supplements that's esophageal spasms that's magnesium deficiency diaphragm spasms will will uh, cause heartburn spasms in your fallopian tubes will cause infertility Mm -hmm. i mean it's just the head to foot so it's pretty fascinating. I was pretty fortunate to be the poster child for magnesium because it got me moving on creating, as we'll talk about later, a supplement that is non laxative and fully absor- fully absorbed. And my focus has always been on you know research. I was doing AIDS and chronic fatigue research. So mm-hmm. I'm putting a lot of effort, and time, money, and energy into researching the absorption of magnesium to try to show that the sear magnesium test isn't accurate mm-hmm. and to promote the ionized magnesium testing. And it's unfortunate. I don't see a lot of supplement companies doing the necessary research mm-hmm so that that's another glitch in our system where now dietary supplements are you know billion billions of dollars in this industry and the focus is just making cheap supplements
1: yeah. And that's the part that I see with my clients too, is that they often come to me and they're like, well, I can't take supplements. They make me nauseous and, you know, they have all these other effects from them. And usually it's because, well, the quality, but the the compounding factors that go in there as well. And so then all of a sudden, once we, um, you know, put them on really clean, um, nutrients that come from a compounding pharmacy. Actually, they're so cheap and inexpensive because they're not marketed. There's no branding around them. It's there's no dyes and fillers and they tend to do quite well or else I direct them to, you know, your company and then they can get what they need from you. And I love that you have now a potassium uh, product as well because you know Dr. Max Gerson really stressed back in 1912 that we were deficient in magnesium. We were deficient in potassium. If we can just reverse those two things then all of a sudden we'd see these diseases and again it being non-specific so if you have a hundred people a hundred different illnesses you know once you restore these deficiencies all of a sudden we see their body self-heal and their diseases Mm -hmm. go away Um, but people are still so perplexed by that non-specific therapy You know uh, Mm -hmm. ideal that we have and not just ideal the fact that we Mm -hmm. live by because they're so trained that when you have a headache you take tylenol when you have you know a heart disease you take a heart specific medication and so on um so can we go back a little bit to the aids research because i do have to ask you i don't know if our listeners if a lot of you have seen the dallas buyers club But that movie really spoke to me from the nutritional perspective, the fact that, you know, this guy was helping all these people heal Mm
0: -hmm. through
1: supplements, essentially.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: so tell us more about your research and the work you were doing with your, um, with the patients that you had there.
0: Well, it was uh, a unique therapy. It was um, a combination of Chinese herbs, that then we potentized homeopathically we had our own lab so i would distill out the herbs and take this this distillate and then take a, a syringe full and and do a homeopathic dilution down to 30x so i mean i lost count so many times it was just here so we would make these homeopathic sterile injections from chinese herbs and inject them into acupuncture points and the the syringe would fit into a little machine that that created a little jolt of um, magnetic into the injection so it was homeopathic magnetic herbal acupuncture and it was awesome it was incredible we were we were doing such great work but i realized early on it's not viable Mm. anything that's an injection has to be um in a doctor's office yeah so i'm always about giving something to the individual to do on their own to take responsibility so actually i i thought well let's let's get the chinese herbs and then uh, put them into capsules and and use that as as partly a way to promote health and healing and get rid of infections because chronic fatigue and aids layers and layers and layers of infections Hmm. so what what was happening to these individuals was they they had so many infections their immune system was so busy dealing with all the infections that something else would come along COVID yeah that was very you know a little stronger a little different and they would succumb because they didn't have um, a strong enough immune system. It was so distracted. Um, another of my big uh, foci is um, yeast overgrowth. Mm. Because with the overuse of antibiotics for everything, I mean, you go into a doctor, even now when we know that there's so much antibiotic resistance, first thing that people are given for a fever oh, take this antibiotic. Antibiotics kill off good and bad bacteria, leaving a vacuum in the intestines that allows intestinal yeast to overgrow. Um, Most yeast is supposed to be in the large intestine to chew up the remaining debris that we didn't metabolize and absorb. It has a function of breaking down dead material. You think of the cousin of yeast, which is mold in the in the forest. When things get, you know, molds and funguses on them, it's chewing up the debris. Our yeast, when it goes from the, sm- the large intestine into the small intestine, it just, it just goes crazy. It starts irritating the small intestine. It causes leaky gut. Mm. Um, there are 178 different... Um, Metabolic byproducts that yeast produce. And those, all those byproducts get absorbed through the leaky gut and give you symptoms from head to foot Mm -hmm. brain fog, headaches, uh, digestive problems, joint pains. And that's um, a totally ignored condition. And I think it's ignored even though it was realized within a year of the invention of penicillin they saw people were getting yeast. They they really ignored it, I think, because they didn't want to say that they were causing bad side effects from their drugs. Yeah.
1: And you wrote a book called Death by Modern Medicine, which is a brilliant book. And you know, when I I often talk about it in workshops, and I teach a lot of physicians as well. And I, you know, and I'll tell them, I said, like, the third leading cause of death in North America is medical error. And, you know, and they're like, No, it's not, it can't be it's not proven. And I'm, you know, and even in the room, I can say, who here has experienced medical error at his extreme, and for sure, somebody will raise their hand and be like, Oh, yeah, you know, feeding tube was pulled out incorrectly in a very standard operation and the patient died on the table they operated on the wrong leg they prescribed the wrong medications and I'm not a doctor but I often I do a full health history and I look at the medical the medications that my clients are taking and I've seen it like in one client she had um, she had uh, two different medications That she was not told to take it separate times. She weren't even supposed to be taking them together. And in five minutes of looking at the 25 medications she was taking, it was evident to me. And I was like, who prescribed these? And fortunately, she had written down all the doctor's names. None of them had spoken to each other. About Mm -hmm. this patient's case, and just none of them even knew what the other medications were. And this woman was so sick as a result of all these medications she was taking. And once she stopped taking them, all of a sudden she got better. And just, you know, we didn't even have to apply the therapy at Mm -hmm. all. You know, we just removed Mm -hmm. those. So, Mm -hmm. can you talk about that a little bit? Because I think it's so important um, for people to know how they need to manage their own cases, which will take us into that conversation about how did we get so lost from being able to take care of ourselves but if you can speak to the medical error bit that's really important i think for our, our listeners
0: right i guess it's like the um, the frog that you put in a pan of water and then put it on the stove and turn it up slowly and they don't realize they're being boiled to death so we've developed somehow this attitude that doc, a doctor knows more about my body than I do. I remember patients coming into my office in Toronto and I'd say, well, tell me what's wrong. And and a couple of them said, well, you're the doctor, you tell me. And that, I mean, that's pretty telling. And so I'd have to start, you know, really at ground zero and and explain to them well you know it's your body i can't eat your diet or you know so it it's just the common sense has been (laughs) beaten out of people um and it's you know i guess it's easier just to say well i'll get the doctor to tell me what to do and there's um you know the the generation now, I guess, ahead of me, they're all dying off. They've just listened to the doctors so willingly. But I also think of the the younger generation. I was um, consulting with a, a children's group in um, New York, and one of the um, the people in the group was a teacher, an after-school teacher. And she said that nine out of 10 of her um, the kids in her after-school class were on drugs for ADHD. Nine out of 10. Okay, so what's that generation growing up to think, well, a pill is going to fix me. And then they go to the, the uh, drugs that enhance your performance and all the names of which I can't think of right now but they're popping pills constantly these young people and they're smoking dope and they're they're maybe saying yeah i'm a vegetarian because it's you know it's cool it's woke yeah <laughs> and and you know they're they're exercising and they and if if they finally come to someone like me they're they're just totally falling apart they They've been on the birth control pill, the women, and they can't get pregnant. And who's even talking about that? Who's who's matching up the fact that um, even myself, I was on the birth control pill for 10 years. Um, you're on the birth control pill for 10, 20 years. You want to get pregnant, you can't. And uh, that's why the fertility clinics are uh, are on every corner in the major cities because it, The pill is causing infertility, and then you take, Clomid and all these really heavy drugs to push your ovaries to throw out a few eggs, and then you and or you insert eggs, eight, ten eggs, and have these incredible multiple births, and your kids are the fetus is bathed in all these drugs. What's their health going to be? So. Yeah.
1: And it is it's this part about the medical error part. I mean, this is where I think it's actually criminal because of the fact that as a human being, you know, who's going to med school, you're studying the science, the biology, biochemistry, um, you know, you become a doctor. I get that doctors are entrenched. It's almost like handcuffs are put on them or it might feel like that to them when, you know, they're swathed in Student loans, and then they're told to prescribe. They're overworked. They don't have time to do research on these drugs. The pharmaceutical reps are coming in and telling them, okay, this is a drug you need to prescribe for that condition. You know, this is how you do it. The doctor doesn't even have time to really research it.
0: And Mm -hmm. we think
1: these doctors are, you know, that they're the ones who actually hold the knowledge and the you know, the power around these drugs, but, but it's not, it is the pharmaceutical industry that's basically directing them in their behaviors. Mm -hmm. And then the last part is, and then because I've taught a lot of physicians and they often say, well, the patient just wants their pain to go away. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I think, well, no, actually I think if you were to suggest that there was another way to do it, that could take the pain away, including the drugs away and the surgeries Mm -hmm. away, they -hmm. would opt for that as Mm -hmm. well. Do you not agree?
0: oh yes 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 Nicolette when I was in Toronto I was asked to because I was sort of an expert in yeast overgrowth and I was asked once to come into a hospital and consult you'll you'll see why it was only once on a young woman who'd been given tetracycline for so many years for her acne and now she was dying Mm -hmm. it had it had ruined every organ in her body so i just couldn't help myself i would not play into this i said so you're telling me that this woman had life-threatening acne that had to be treated with drugs that we know have tremendous side effects i said what what are we doing here i was never invited back and i i didn't wouldn't want to go back because um as you say um doctors have to have to play the game uh, doctors in america um i don't know about canada anymore but their health records are available to drug companies which will look at their prescribing habits and report them to their medical licensing board if not they're not prescribing the standard amount of drugs because it means they're bad doctors because yeah. they're Preventing their patients from getting the drugs they need, and in death by modern medicine, I took the med, uh the uh, errors, the third cause of death, but then I added bed sores and and cutting off the wrong limb, and uh, n- a number of different categories. I got up to a million deaths annually, or, m- or more than a million, actually in later editions of. Um, either iatrogenic or or normally prescribed drugs i mean when you talk about someone coming in with 25 different drugs that Mm criminal i learned that um, lesson when i did my geriatrics rotation in toronto i um, i stayed at a geriatric hospital um, for i guess it was a month rotation and um, there wasn't much to do so i went through all the patients records and um, made flow charts of their drugs and saw exactly what you're talking about all these interactions you know each new doctor came and prescribed another drug without removing any of the previous drugs it's um, geriatric medicine um, as it came to be known um, years ago they would basically just take patients off drugs and watch them improve. Uh, Yeah, I read
1: about that. That's amazing.
0: That's the best type of geriatric medicine. You know, you're you're on this polypharmacy. None of these drugs have been studied together. Yeah. Maybe, you know, one drug will be sort of studied and they'll, they'll make up all kinds of stories. You know what they do with drugs? They'll just do uh, six to eight week trials. And what I learned early on about magnesium uh, from a Dr. Mildred Zilich, she was the um, magnesium expert, but she started off after med school in the pharmaceutical industry. And her job was to measure the nutrients in patients uh, while they were taking drugs and what she found was that magnesium was elevated in all these patients who were taking drugs and i guess she looked into magnesium she realized that and we talked on the phone about this a lot but um the gist of it is that these drugs are so toxic the body has to detoxify them in order to do that you have to have extra magnesium for the detox pathways in the liver and so the the magnesium is kind of getting into other parts of the body and making you feel good because it does so much for you but after six or eight weeks on average you're going to be so magnesium deficient then all the drug side effects come out Mm. so the drugs that people are being given are actually stimulating the release of magnesium you get your good effect from the magnesium and not the drug and and the the same can be said for calcium like when people say well calcium is supposed to help leg cramps and all that well when you take a lot of calcium same thing happens magnesium has to come out Mm -hmm. and get rid of that calcium It pushes it into the bones and teeth and and pushes it out of the body because too much calcium is problematic. Why do you think they name these heart drugs calcium channel blockers? Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and how it works with cancer, how it works with heart disease, how it works for basically all the diseases. And I mean, go- governments in Canada and the US, I've read the reports and I love going back through history to see how governments have said, oh, we need more calcium, so drink more dairy. And then all of a sudden now it's like, actually, oops, we made a mistake. Um, you know, excess calcium on our diet is not good. So now it's about reducing um, and, and getting more calcium or magnesium and potassium. And you've seen it that it's been, not only a drug war over the decades, but it's also been a nutrient war as we're trying to understand these nutrient Mm -hmm. deficiencies and excesses over the years, but often in relationship to the drugs and how they're being used. Um, And this is where I'm like, people just take it back to the basics because our bodies are actually aligned with nature, we are nature, we are animals, we're not any different than anything else on the planet that needs nutrients and light and rest and, you know, and to detoxify and eliminate just like everything else on the planet. So let's keep it simple. And to the point where I think it's almost too simple, that people we've made everything so complicated, so that if it's so simple, then we can't even we think it's not real and not possible.
0: I know people laugh at my one of my blogs is called lying down therapy (laughs) because women, they do so much, you know, uh, we, we all are probably type A personalities. We multitask and we think we can push through an illness and just push through it, work through it. And I just give people permission to lie down. I used to write that on prescription pads, you know, uh, the husband or the partner. You have to do the dishes instead of... Well, I would write these crazy prescriptions. They would be kind of a joke, but it made the point. But there's so many layers and levels of what we're talking about. It's quite incredible. Yes, we've we've forgotten ourselves. We've forgotten the fact that women actually were the first scientists. Mm -hmm. The way we cycle with the moon... We have our moons, our menses. Um, if we're in nature, we, women all cycle together. So this is where the first recording of, of um, the time, the, the moon, the sun, everything came about because of women. And we were gathering the herbs and, you know, working with uh, midwifery and childbirth the men weren't involved in that. Um, and then, you know, over, over a span of time, the men decided, well, this is pretty lucrative. I think we should take it over. And we became the witches.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we still see that today. I know that, um, you know, when I'm speaking at a conference or some, you know, people... People come to me. So sorry, what's your background? You know, why are you teaching this? But then I'll have my colleague who is a man beside me and he'll just say, you know, we're deficient in magnesium. We need to take it. And I'll just watch the response, like, yes, okay, that's that's interesting. And it's and it's still happening today, you know, when we talk about equality, gender equality, I mean, it is. I mean, it is. We are so far behind, despite Mm -hmm. you know the blogs and and the organizations that are out there fighting for you know women's rights and women's everything. But it is an interesting world, and we need to take it down a notch, and we need to come back to the basics. And do you think that we can get there? Like, I know, you know, you have a vision for what the future is going to be like around you know medicine, and you do so much brilliant education, but. Are we going to get there? Like, what do I think
0: see? so. It's a, it's an individual thing. You cannot have a group speak for you because then you are less than less than the group. You you know you're being patted on the head once again. You we have to take individual action for ourselves first. It's like they say in the planes. You know the the oxygen mask comes down. Put it on yourself first mm. and then help somebody else. We have to put ourselves first and, and you know, take, take action. I, I'll quickly tell you, my, my first take action in med school was, it was the first week of classes. So um, the professor comes in and he's going to initiate us to what's, what we're going to experience the next four years. So he puts up his slides. Nude female slides peppered through the lecture. Uh, a third of the class was women. That was the most women they'd had. It used to be twenty percent or twenty-five percent. I roared off. I had uh, I'd made friends with a, a microbiologist in the in the med school, and I went to the drugstore, got the the first issue. I think of. of girl get some nude male pictures my buddy took uh, slides of them by Thursday so we had the lecture Tuesday by Thursday I had the nude male slides in that carousel and the first one that came up you know and the second one and the the class roared the guy yeah. grabbed his briefcase, ran. We never saw him again
1: wow. and
0: overnight, everything changed in that med school. All the nude uh, female pictures were taken down out of the anatomy class and microbiology. I learned about that later. the whole everything we didn't march and whine and scream and get hysterical. You just mirror that. Back to to people who are offending you, and and for me it worked. So I think we individually we have to show our own godlike strength, mm-hmm. and that's wh- and you know when they talk about oh this group empowered me, no you empower yourself, Great. and that's what um, that's what the the minerals I'm working with uh, do they empower yourselves. And yeah. then you, you just, you know, when when a person is healthy, they're invincible. That's it's
1: it is so true. Um, I, we didn't get a chance to talk about it before, and you probably don't know, but I'm going to be running and cycling across Canada next year. So total of seven thousand one hundred and twenty kilometers, and to raise awareness about food as medicine, but working, mm-hmm. a stopping along the way to work with indigenous communities communities of color and physicians and youth. Um, And the reason it's youth, it's again, going back to what you said with that teacher who said that she has nine out of 10 students on a prescription drug. And you know, I teach in mm-hmm. schools and it's one of the things too is that afterwards, like sixteen-year-old boys are coming up to me and they're like, I'm on five different medications and I don't want to be on them. You know, can food really mm-hmm. help? Can nutrients really help? So youth are, you know, a number one focus for me, indigenous communities, because at the end of the day, I'm teaching about indigenous pre-settler foods. I just whole foods that are mm-hmm. nutrient dense, not refined and processed by you know colonial ways and then physicians because if we don't get the physicians to speak the same language as the indigenous member or the youth then they're just going it's going to be contradictory messages and nobody's going to know what to do so that so but it's interesting when you said that we are invincible because I neutrify my body every single day it's the number one priority for me like I can run across Canada and I'm not an athlete. I only just started running, you know, eight notes about 11 weeks ago. And I only started cycling 11 weeks ago, but I mean, I'm cycling, you know, I think I've ridden just in 11 weeks. I think it's like almost 900 kilometers and I've ran about 400 kilometers. Like it's, and I feel invincible, but I would not feel that way if I was on a standard American diet and not supplementing um, for the extra magnesium and potassium and vitamin C and everything else that I need.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: can we talk a little bit more about the nutrients that you make? Because this is really what differentiates you from everybody else as a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. It's because of the care that you put into these nutrients, because of the fact uh, they need to be absorbable, so how are your nutrients, your supplement line different, and how do they work? if you can explain that for our audience?
0: right, as I mentioned earlier, when I realized i I needed a lot of magnesium and I wasn't getting it and when I started taking supplements, I started to have the laxative effect. I spent about seven or eight years trying to to convince. Mineral companies to research making a non laxative magnesium and It it, they weren't interested and too much education required cost too much uh, They would be too expensive uh, for the public so um, i mean it's it's just providence it's uh the way the world works my life has been so blessed i happened upon a a chemist who had a process where he could stabilize the the mineral ion minerals come in compounds like our uh, magnesium for ReMag comes as magnesium chloride and he was able to create a process 18 step process where magnesium is stabilized as an ion and it then is absorbed into a cell cell mineral ion channels are the size of ions they're picometer in size i call mine picometer and we have proven that in our um, first study our first university study They put our Remag in a machine and bounced lasers off it, a diffraction process. And the laser went right through. There was nothing there to stop it. There was no mineral, no solidness to stop the laser. They said, well, you know, it's uh, beyond uh, a certain size. It was a picometer size because the laser didn't find anything solid. So that bottle had probably been, you know, four or five, six months uh, since it was created and filled. So for six months, those magnesium ions were stable. Wow. And the machine showed that. Our our wonderful uh, head of research, um, Taylor Wallace, he said, the the student who did the first test came to said, this isn't possible okay do it again came back well it's still not possible so taylor went and did it himself three times they did it because they these that doesn't exist a stable ion because the way uh, compounds work is that that magnesium chloride uh it it'll dissolve for a fraction of a second in water but then it'll bind back up again and it's only in those fraction of seconds that you'll get an absorption. That's why the absorption of minerals is anywhere from four to twenty percent. Whereas ours, we can't say a hundred percent, but I say they're fully absorbed. And that's what's important: it's getting these minerals fully into the cells. We'll have people who say ridiculous things like. Well, I took a quarter teaspoon and within an hour my heart palpitation went away. One yeah. dose first time and what our second study showed was that that the uh, ionized magnesium test shows absorption within the first 2 hours. So we're we're proving what uh, what our patients are telling us, and and really, Nicolette, it's just to be able to say to doctors, yeah, we're doing the science, and they, oh, yeah. okay, good. You don't e- you almost don't even have to show them. Oh, I don't have time to read. it. I'm just glad you're doing it because in med school we were taught, oh, it's all science based. Here's yeah. the science. Now come to find out that that most of the science is fake. They're mm. lying. Mm-hmm. They're fudging and as i said you know if they stop a study at six to eight weeks there's a reason why because that's when your magnesium is depleted and you start having the drug side effects
1: yeah and this is the part that a lot of people think that just because there's a study out there that you know it's it's good science where that couldn't be further from the truth because i mean we're humans we are biased and we need to produce results based on our funders and you know if and it's one of those things that you spend so much time applying for a grant getting the study designed and started and then all of a sudden you know if it starts going sideways that's a problem and it's so easy to just the human brain will actually literally turn off from seeing the things that it needs to so that it only sees what it wants to see. And this is, you know, I see this all the time when I read, um, you know, certain publications right down to one study that I saw that, you know, basic, I was like, how did the study even get approved? Basically it was um, on, it was one that had to do with a nutritional study for cancer patients. Well, first of all, all of these cancer patients had were stage four, they were all terminal and and basically it said, well, you can eat whatever you want was the design of the study. And that was an approved study to show that nutrition wasn't related to the results of an end stage cancer study. And, mm-hmm. and so the average person looking at that reads, well, this study was showed that nutrition had nothing to do with it. I'm like, but they were able to eat whatever they want, take whatever they want. They had all of the patients. There was only six patients in total in the study, which in itself is not really a study. Mm -hmm. And they were all allowed and they had six different doctors and they were allowed to take whatever the doctor prescribed. So they were still on their medications. They were eating whatever. And this is a study that keeps getting circulated around to show that nutrition doesn't work. And so you know, and medical doctors will read this. And because they don't read the full design of the study as mm-hmm. well, they yeah. just look at the results. They look at the one line.
0: yeah, The headline. The, the headline, yeah. the
1: abstract. And, and so it's so frustrating. And it's so <laughs> important for people to understand that this, uh, this applies to everything. So with your minerals, with your nutrients, um, how can people, ex- you know, what can they expect from them? And I, let's take that one step back does everyone need to go get a blood test first? Because if the blood tests aren't showing, and this is a question my clients ask me, right. you know, should I go get a blood test first before I start taking it? Um, you know, how, how do you advise your patients moving forward when they want to start taking, you know, some of your nutrients and supplements?
0: Well, for the for the longest time, I just would say to people, well, look at all your symptoms. I have blogs that talk about the, 100 factors to gauge magnesium deficiency that may be the title 100 factors that yeah. can gauge your magnesium deficiency so if you have some of these yeah you're probably deficient um what makes magnesium so brilliant is that it if you have quote too much you get the laxative effect you're really not going to build it up even my remag where i say it's non-laxative when your cells are saturated with the, the the Remag, you will start getting a bit of a laxative effect. Now, it took me a year and a half to get there. Right. I was taking 1,200 milligrams a day of my fully absorbed Remag to saturate my body. But over time, it was a little less. When I started taking my multiple mineral, it was less, for example and now i'm at the point where i take one teaspoon a day which is 300 milligrams which is even less than the rda and Mm -hmm. if i take more i'll get a bit laxative and i don't have any of my symptoms so um the the body will tell you and with magnesium it's extremely safe but then last fall 2019 um I was approached by a, a research group, uh, just a, a pri- private research group, a, a woman who developed breast cancer, and then she found out she's an engineer, a real brilliant woman. And then in reading the literature, she found out that vitamin D is necessary uh, to support the body. She re- and she researched that after she was told her vitamin D level was very low. And then she said, oh, my gosh, you know, I should have been taking vitamin D. So she started this whole research institute. And then she found out by uh, somehow stumbling across my work that magnesium is necessary to metabolize vitamin D. If you don't have magnesium, boom. And if you take huge doses of uh, vitamin D, like the 50,000 units of synthetic vitamin D, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. You'll use up all your magnesium and start getting your magnesium deficiency symptoms back. I've had people with six-week migraines, their atrial fibrillation comes back. They're just beside themselves, and they're just trying to help themselves with vitamin D. So around this group, it's called Grassroots Health, we started um, doing in-home finger prick blood tests. So it's awesome because you can do uh, magnesium, vitamin D, omega-3 fatty acids. And um, we also threw in TSH for the thyroid. Mm. So anyone in the world can do this testing. And instead of a sheer magnesium, it's a whole bl- whole blood RBC magnesium. It's still not the ionized magnesium, but it's better than the uh, the other. Now, what's fun? Here's something. When I had my uh, first test read, my vitamin D was 19. I live in Maui. I stay out of the sun. I was taking a, a small vitamin D. I want to be 60. The The range is 40 to 60. i had been saying, yeah, 30, 40. But now with the grassroots health research, I want to be 60. And if you have a history of breast cancer, family history, um, you want to be sixty to ninety. So I thought I get some work to do, and I want to know what my customers' levels are, so I can I can give them the right vitamin D advice. So I began to take ten thousand units of vitamin D. Um, my magnesium level was off the charts, good and high. And after six months, my vitamin d went up to 53 from 19 but my magnesium dropped from 6.8 to 5.3 i think it was because
1: Because it was using it to metabolize the vitamin d
0: exactly so that's research yeah you know that's me experimenting on my own this is um this is research of multiple nutrients. You will not find this in science. Yeah. They, they, you know, throw everything else out as if the body will just work on one thing, which it doesn't. Yeah. So that's another very important thing we're doing in grassroots health testing. You can get your baseline and then you can take your nutrients to affect your blood levels.
1: So how does, how does somebody engage in this? And the reason I'm asked is because it's actually quite personal. Um, one of the things is that I've been, um, so I had my blood work done quite a few weeks ago, just when I first started training, I probably should have done it before I started training um, to get real data, good data. And, but my vitamin D is low everything else is pretty good. My TSH is a little high, um, but I feel amazing. Like I don't seem to have any of the symptoms associated with, you know, high TSH, low vitamin D yet, but it's definitely, I'm wanting to get all those numbers back up, especially because I'm doing this tour, this run and cycle across Canada on a plant-based diet. So I know, Uh, so- Yeah, so I know I need to manage those levels um, because I want to come out the other end strong. You know, I don't want to be adrenally fatigued. And um, so how does one go about getting this finger
0: test? Mm -hmm. Um, Go to our website, Mm -hmm. rnareset.com, rnareset.com. And it's under a link at the top uh, called Research Project. And you just order the test kit from us. Amazing. And um, it can be mailed from anywhere in the world. I mean, we have problems with Canada because uh, when I was telling uh, people to get a certain magnesium blood test, RBC blood testing, well, we can't find it up here. It's just no. serum. Yeah. So there's that test. And um, in terms of the TSH, um, our remite, uh, the multiple mineral, when I um saw such incredible results with the reMAGs, the stabilized ion of reMAG of magnesium, I said, "Well, we have to have multiple minerals." So the chemist was able to actually put twelve minerals together that played nicely together. they're all stabilized ions. Nine of those twelve minerals support thyroid hormone production. After six weeks on the remite. I was able to get off my 60 milligrams of Armour thyroid.
1: Amazing.
0: And a lot of our patients find the same thing. I my my fingers and toes got warm for the first time ever. I started being even more hyperactive, so I had to I just stopped my Armour thyroid. Now I would tell people, "Well, wean off." I've, yeah. I never I never listened to my own advice, but that is awesome to to have people making their own thyroid hormones i mean that a doctor would say that's not possible see that's why doctors sometimes you know wait until someone's really suffering and their blood levels look terrible for their thyroid before they'll give thyroid hormone replacement because they they figure it's for life And, and this thyroid hormone replacement i mean why replace something when you can build your own
1: yeah and that's what I love about the Gerson therapy too, because we use armor as well, um, and we only have to use it for a short period. And it's usually because somebody's on the synthetic version, we swap them onto the um, desiccated version, and then as their body remineralizes and gets nutrified from the supplements, the diet, the juicing, um, and then their body starts detoxifying properly and effectively. Then all of a sudden, their thyroid all their organs start working again. Uh, Their pancreas starts working well. You know, their kidneys start working well, their liver and their thyroid. And then they're able to wean off it. And it's exactly what you just said. It's only for, you know, sometimes six weeks to maybe six months. But then after that, to be off a thyroid medication entirely is, Mm -hmm. and and it's doable and it happens all the time, just as you explained in your story.
0: Let me just say, um, you've mentioned Gershon so many times. I'm on the board of the Gerson Institute Institute in oh, San Diego, that's right, you and,
1: are. I forgot. Yes, I forgot about that and,
0: part. And Charlotte Gerson and I uh, have the same birthday. What? No yeah. way. Oh. We, we've celebrated before. Now, here's something. I, I mean it. I'm maybe shouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it. Um, toward the end of her life, Charlotte started having heart palpitations. And she asked me about magnesium. And I told her it was before I had my product and I was trying to help her to find something that would would work. I know about the potassium and the Gershon therapy. That's why I, I recently came out with a pico potassium because I it is that. so important. And I realized that she was magnesium deficient. So even on her I mean this woman when she look at I I uh, paint on my toenails all different colors and when she saw my toenails oh I I wouldn't do that uh, you know when I put the uh, nail polish on you know I got faint and it's like you cannot be that clean yeah that you cannot relate to the world
1: But Charlotte was like that though, because um, I know one of the, the, you know, one of the stories and, and I can imagine, you know, like after she broke her hip that, you know, it's, you know, she's eating less. I mean, she was such, when she trained me, she was so robust and, you know, Mm -hmm. that was 13 years ago and she was well into her eighties at that point. And, you know, she was eating so much food, but I know after she broke her hip, she wasn't eating as much. She was still doing her juicing, but even at the very end, a neighbor came and offered her a cookie. And she was like, just half a cookie, Charlotte. Come on. You've been so amazing your whole life. And she's like, what? You want me half dead? (laughs) Even then she's still at the very end. She's like, I only put clean, you know, non-toxic real stuff in my body. So she's quite the woman. Yeah. There's not many people like her on the planet for sure.
0: Well, yes. And the example of that is what we should go by. And and what if I mean, I love that, and I've been, I've been through the strictness. I'm not a vegetarian. I just can't do it. I'm a old blood group, and mm-hmm. when I go full full on plant based, it I just collapse. But um, what I realized recently about yeast overgrowth, I didn't want to give up fruit mm-hmm. or you know occasional desserts. But fruit in Maui? Are you kidding? No. So that's where I finally decided um I created a product which is um probiotic prebiotic and it's a, a natural antifungal using Saccharomyces cervases mm-hmm. so that every day I take a little bit of an antifungal to help deal with the fact that I'm growing yeast it's just it's only natural we um There's wild yeast in the environment. It's part of us, and somehow, you know, with my years of antibiotics for tonsillitis and my birth control pill and my sugar addiction, I created yeast. And many of us have. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so, anyway, there there's that level too where, if if we have symptoms based on not so perfect to diet we can deal with them you don't have to be a fanatic some people yeah yeah
1: Yeah. and it's and it's true like you know the gerson therapy is tough it's it's, you know you want to be you know i should say it's tough in the beginning to adjust because you're not just adjusting to you know cooking a lot of clean real whole food three times a day in your home and you know doing the juicing but you also have to adjust to the social dynamic as well because mm-hmm. people do want to go out and celebrate birthdays and do all of that and we are surrounded left right and center basically by you know refined processed food and so it is a it, it's an adjustment on all levels once people do make the switch like I had just had a woman who um, you know she was 41 when she attended our retreat to learn about the therapy for the last two and a half years she's been doing it and she finally just got pregnant you know after so she's had six months pregnant super healthy amazing and fit but You know, people do it when they they will go that extreme when their life is threatened, when they, you know, can't get pregnant, Mm -hmm. when they're going to die, basically. Like that's often when people will choose the person therapy, as opposed to live that way 80, 90% of the time, you know, and then you can have some of these other indulgences a little bit but unfortunately right now we live in a society where people are consuming those refined processed products 95 percent of the time like I think the average American is getting you know I think it's like one out of their like recommended 15 servings of fruits and vegetables in a day like it's so tiny it's scary so yeah no so but it is good to have products like yours for sure especially for kids as well because you know, uh, three children and my little one, like, she's just like, that's disgusting to every meal we put in front of her. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, she's like, that's disgusting. And she's just, she's nine. She's going through a nine-year change that is, you know, wants to rebel against even food. Um, so it is wonderful to have your products. So what was the name of that product that you're taking for, that's like the antifungal to help with the yeast uh, overgrowth?
0: Flora Revive.
1: Okay. That's good to know
0: mm-hmm okay um and so going
1: back to the potassium piece I love that you added that and you just put out a blog um that what your doctor doesn't tell you about potassium can you just recap that for people in case and we're going to put the link below as well for the blog but just to recap that because I think it's such an important topic as well
0: right um potassium and magnesium are kind of partners. And if you're not absorbing your magnesium properly, it can be because of a deficiency in potassium and vice versa. We've always known this. And what what I used to do is talk about um, making a potassium broth. Again, that's, you know, you have to do the work. Some people have been recommending, uh, gosh, what is it? Cream of tartar. Uh, For potassium, but you never know the dosage of the broth or the cream of tartar and uh, Our customers, you know, they were serious atrial fibrillation magnesium was helping maybe 80% of it and um, What prevents? um, Potassium supplements from being available is the FDA in the u.s. Says that We can't have a supplement that has more than 99 milligrams per dose so we i mean what do you do if and the the um, problem the caveat is that the potassium rda is like 4700 milligrams Mm. 4799 you're just not going to get there so um finally my my brain clicked in and i had the chemist concentrate the potassium so that one quarter teaspoon was a dose so you get your 99 milligrams in a quarter teaspoon one teaspoon 400 milligrams being mostly up to 100 percent absorbed that's like twice as much you yeah. that's the way i say it so there's a teaspoon 800 milligrams that's you know close to a quarter of your rda then um, along with that then i began to tell people to go to chronometer.com c-r-o-n-o com, and find out well what potassium are you getting in your diet yeah. and maybe you're getting enough maybe mostly most people aren't getting enough and you just match that up and you begin taking your extra potassium and and uh, incredible results i mean people are just so happy to have it because as it turns out they just weren't taking the time to make their potassium broth and neither was i (laughs) yeah
1: and it does and it does take time like we make the we serve the dr g that we call it the dr g the dr gerson juice at our restaurants and it's by far it's the same recipe um Mm -hmm. the dr gerson used um and You know, and with that juice, I think it's 2000 percent of your recommended potassium, daily potassium intake. And you can see it on the chronometer when you enter in the ingredients. And it's, and people feel amazing. We've had customers that have drank it, then they go away come back like an hour later and they're like, I don't know what's happening, but my body feels like it's vibrating. Like, why is it vibrating? I feel so alive. And, and a lot of these people have just have never even eaten a salad before. Like, it's so wow. surprising. So many of our customers who come in, they're like, Hey, this isn't for me. We're like, try the salad, try the green juice. Wow. And then they come back, you know, or that the fact that their kids devoured it. And then all of a sudden their kids seem calmer. We've had you know, our customers say that as well. And it's amazing for children how, when they have the magnesium, when they have the potassium, they're not frazzled inside and they Mm. are like visually calmer. And so, I mean, just from looking at that, it would be so easy to design a study and, you know, give all these daycare kids, you know, a shot of green juice, Dr. G's green juice, (laughs) and all of a sudden there's peace in the room and cooperation and, you know, kids aren't freaking out. so for when so when customers go to your website and they want to order this, like we're going to put the links below so you don't even have to say it here, but um when they go to your website to order this, you know how long are they thinking that they need to take this for
0: Well, the minerals it's a daily thing, right because they just aren't in the diet i'm I'm working with a farm up country here in Maui, and actually we have um a fertilizer that's a byproduct of one of our 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 barley sprout product we make something called rna reset drops and they're magical yeah and the the sprouts that are left over they're dried up they're like straw we put that in the soil Mm -hmm. and the experiment we did up country in my farm we um we had two beds of radishes one we just we uh dug in these barley sprouts And we considered a probiotic and a prebiotic. And the other um, plot, we didn't do anything to it. After the 25-day growth season, we had 85 pounds in our Mighty Mash plot. And we had three pounds in the other plot. Three pounds of viable, saleable radishes. Three pounds, 85 pounds. So what happened in the plot that didn't have this life force, we call it a life force, Mm -hmm. is the worms and the weeds and everything just took over. The worms were eating through all the radishes. And in the plot with the life force, no weeds, huge radishes, beautiful, because the, the predators do not go after healthy organisms. Right. So that's the same with humans. If you're healthy, the organisms won't go after you. And maybe just a sidebar on on COVID is we've reached the perfect storm of 70% of the population obese, 70% on drugs, 70% with cofactors, 80% magnesium deficient, 80% vitamin D deficient. I mean, how are they gonna survive A novel virus. So the people that, you know, the fatalities, they were all comorbidities and, you know, heaven forbid, it's like a culling. We have allowed ourselves to get sick enough that we cannot defend ourselves. And, and actually it was interesting to let, um, in the fall of 2019, when I started working with grassroots health, and I realized, "Oh my gosh, we don't have enough vitamin D," and I started taking it. and then all of and we made our own plant-based vitamin D with K2 and some of our um, RNA powder, and um, come to find out that it's exactly what we need for COVID, along with we're working with vitamin C as well and pico zinc. The the reason why hydroxychloroquine works is because it's it's, uh, partnered with zinc, high-dose zinc. Hydroxychloroquine, its only job is to open up the cells to allow the zinc to enter. And with our picozinc, you don't need hydroxychloroquine. It is tiny enough to just zoom in on its own. So this is going to help us because when the flu season comes in the fall, everybody's going to think it's COVID. It, it might not be. In fact, 20% of um, viral colds and flus are coronavirus. Exactly. It's a known virus. So we we have to build our immune system and our resistance for, for the coming plagues. Just yeah. like it's... Just like it says in the Bible,
1: <laughs> no, exactly, and it's it's interesting. One of the things that um with my clients that I've seen over and over and over again is we live in Whistler, so it's a resort community, so it's global, right? People come from all of two to three million visitors every year mm-hmm. pass through here, and our town is only from end to end fifteen kilometers long, so it's very small, we get very mm-hmm. small, and so um with that exposure to all of these different viruses and you know germs and everything else that you know are coming through i mean my family never worries about it because we basically you know we might get a common cold but we usually heal from it in like 2 days and then keep them you know our kids home for an extra day cuz we love having them home and you know but what we see in this town is so many people get taken down 3 times a year by you know different influenza illnesses and but when my clients because they get a diagnosis. And so they end up switching to, you know, the therapy I teach, which is, uh, you know, all beautiful fruits, vegetables, whole foods, lots of magnesium and potassium in these foods and lots of zinc and everything else. And then they're supplementing with all of the things we've just talked about that you make, then all of a sudden, it'll be their first season where they don't get hit by the flu. And then they call me and they're like, no, but I'm sure I'll get hit in the spring when it comes through again. Then they'll Mm -hmm. call me when the spring, this Mm -hmm. is crazy. Like our family wasn't taken out and Mm -hmm. it's over and over again. They say the same thing, which, you know, when COVID hit, that was the same for me. I'm like, if everybody would just start eating real food, supplementing Mm -hmm. with the nutrients that are not available in our foods, you know, we could have COVID blow through and we wouldn't be afraid of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and the, the
0: the fear magnifies it as well oh and we've been manipulated to be very fearful and and that is so sad and you you probably know that magnesium can reduce fear and anxiety and yeah. even depression yes. so in the midst of all this you know st- stay you know healthy detached and you know with a balanced mood what would the word be bliss would that be the word we're looking for (laughs) yes yes
1: well definitely and i mean i just can't believe an hour and a half has gone by of you know chatting with you because i feel we have so much more to discuss but i think that that is definitely a good way to wrap this up because of the fact that um that link between magnesium and stress is very, very profound. And the stress could be an emotional stress, right? But it can also be a physical stress, like a car accident, you know, our, you know, and I'd love to talk about this to wrap it up, that relationship between magnesium and stress, and then how often what we see is depression that often follows these big bouts of stress. And really, it's just that it's robbed our body of the magnesium.
0: Right. So any sort of stress uh, has an effect on the adrenal gland and the adrenal glands in order to produce uh, uh, shots of adrenaline to support you require magnesium b vitamins and vitamin c and when you keep shooting out adrenaline having little panic attacks or little anxieties, then you use up your magnesium. If you don't replace it, your adrenal glands get really kind of trigger happy, and they'll just shoot out when you hear a loud sound. Um, I think what, what, in a dietary sense, what will diminish the adrenals is hypoglycemia episodes. When your blood sugar goes down, one of the things that happens in the the feedback medicine uh, uh, mechanisms of our genius body is adrenaline will come out to push your blood sugar up and that just it's supposed to do gently okay it comes up and you feel better but if your adrenal glands are erratic because your magnesium is low they will shoot out um pump out a spray of adrenaline and your heart will start palpitating, and you won't know where that's coming from. You don't know your blood sugar's down. So if you're in a stressful situation, like some people will be crossing a bridge, you're driving across a bridge, you start feeling your heart pounding, and you think, oh my gosh, you know, what am I afraid about? And and they put it down to an anxiety attack. They'll go to their doctor and the doctor will say yes take this xanax and they'll give you a pill that you're only supposed to take for short term and you end up on it for years the the low magnesium will also cause insomnia if you don't get a good sleep and you wake up in the morning and you're groggy and you know you're irritable for one thing and then you start judging yourself, you start saying, "What's wrong with me and, and I think that's when depression comes in. You start judging yourself, you're yelling at somebody, and then you feel guilty, and then you get to, so it's this vicious mood cycle that happens that then um you're medicated for without even realizing it's probably nutrient deficiency, mostly. It's magnesium and the B vitamins and in women who've had children and, and, you know, sort of brush up against postpartum depression, that's zinc deficiency as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I love this. And it's interesting because when we look at the animal kingdom, when we look at endurance athletes, when we look at, um, you know, these different, you know, call them sectors, they're supplementing with magnesium, with potassium, with zinc, like an endurance athlete would never put out that much energy without supplementing with these things. But then when we look at the average human, you know, they're just not taught to look at these things. Farmers are supplementing their animals left, right, and center, because they can't afford a disease outbreak. So they have to give them all of these minerals we've been talking about, plus iodine and, you know, a few other things. And, you know, so but why don't we do that to ourselves, right, or for pregnant mothers, like their prenatal vitamin that they're taking is not enough to support a woman through pregnancy, through breastfeeding, through like sleepless nights, like it's so critical. And we have to start looking at that. And that's what your products offer is the ability to take these incredible well researched um, nutrients. And, and I just want to touch on the point when I asked that question, how long do we take it for? every client of mine asks that. And my answer is, well, how long do you want to be healthy for?
0: (laughs) Exactly.
1: Yeah. So folks out there, if you're listening, like this is something is that you're just going to be doing this for life. You're going to do it for your partner. You're going to do it for your children. Mm -hmm. You're going to do it for yourself. But like you said, put on that oxygen mask on yourself first, because that's how you can keep the rest of your, your family healthy. So how would you like to wrap up? What are some, you know, Last-minute pieces of advice you'd love to give our listeners.
0: Well, you've uh, covered so much. I mean, this has been the most uh, intensive, in-depth interview I've ever done. You know, we yeah, we've really uh, covered so much because of your experience. I mean, your questions, from your wisdom and your experience, bring out my answers. So we've. We've uh what they say covered the waterfront. <laughs> but you know, maybe just one other website, Nicolette. Sure. My um, free ebooks. I have twenty free ebooks now. I'm, I'm all about the information.
1: You are and I love
0: they're that. Yeah. They're at Dr Dean dot com. And that has my radio show archives and my books and uh whatever other information is out there but yes it, it for me it was writing the books and giving the information i have an online wellness program and i thought words 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 but then it was in 2008 when the economy tanked um people began to say to me look just tell me what to do tell me what to take and that's when i realized what was out there was not um uh of high quality not being absorbed i started to talk about way back there about the chinese herbs i i went researching herbs and i asked uh, manufacturing companies well what happens if you get a damaged diseased or moldy or infected batch of herbs from china oh well we just irradiate it or we blow um nitrogen uh some sort of nitrogen dioxide or something through it all these uh, ethylene dioxide it probably was and and that never gets on the label because what gets on the label is uh, and we know this from our company you have to have a certificate analysis that that um, matches uh, the wrong ingredients or the end product All that certificate analysis has to finally say is there's no bugs and no germs and no mold and no yeast. It doesn't have to say what created the lack of all these things. So I I just thought that's it. I stopped recommending herbs at that point because it just scared me. And I didn't proceed with, uh, with any sort of herbal company and, and then I realized it has to be, it has to be food-based, low potency nutrients that the body will accept, just like their food. When yeah. people say to me, "How long do I have to take this?" and I say, "Well, it's like food. Yeah. How how long do you eat food?"
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and it it is so true. And you know, for any for all the listeners that are you know listening to this, I know that you know you might be new to supplements, you might be New to this concept, I have customers or clients who ask me, "Like, is it safe to eat this many vegetables?" <laughs> I know, and and so if any of you have heard yourself asking that, I mean, it's really important to read Dr. Dean's book, "Death by Modern Medicine," and then it's important to dive in and actually just use your body as a living laboratory, because you know supplements and especially you know um, Caroline supplements are you know you're you it's so hard to overdose on these things and you're not going to if you are taking you know what the bottle says you know you are going to be amazing and you're going to see the results in yourself and when you see those results in yourself you're going to want those results for everybody around you because you will see results this is what i see all the time people switch their diet they take the supplements all of a sudden their depression lifts their guts heal their thyroids heal they have energy for the first time their arthritis goes away you know so The best time, I always say this in our podcast, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. So, you know, get started now and um, don't wait another day because, you know, at the end of the day, it's, I mean, our health is at stake and in the midst of COVID, I mean, you want to start this now um, instead of later.
0: And we should also say, Nicolette, that um you're going to see the war on supplements. Yes. You're going to see headlines that say, well, this study showed that this vitamin was actually bad for you. And that will be promoted because the um, the modus operandi of the drug companies is to uh, suppress supplement use. Um, there was um, Codex Alimentaris. Do you, do you recall that name? No. It, the World Health Organization and the World Trade Organization uh, put together something called Codex Alimentarius. Alimentarius is your digestion. It was to regulate food and dietary supplements being shipped across borders, and it included it, it included the world. I, I attended two conferences, one in Bonn, Germany, and one in Rome, and they were held bent on making supplements the lowest potency and synthetic and allowing the maximum amount of toxicity heavy metals and chemicals in foods because that suited the world trade organization And that was another thing, 2004, 2005, I came away with knowing that they were going to come after our supplements. And look what they've done in Canada. Canada, Mm -hmm. it was because of Codex that Canada decided to, well, we'll regulate our own before we have to do it through Codex. And they just fell right into the trap of making it as if uh, um, supplements are drugs and having um, companies put uh, up tens of thousands of dollars to get a drug number for their supplements it destroyed the dietary supplement industry for a long time in Canada
1: yeah I can't remember the name I remember that bill that we were we did vote on it or vote against it because they were trying to do that and I can't remember oh gosh I should know the name
0: Yes. And we lost.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and like I said, we can talk forever, but I will share one story. When I first, about 25 years ago in university, I was reading, researching stevia and I didn't know anything about stevia. And I just came across it because I was researching something else. Um, oh, I think it was selenium in soils in this agriculture class. And then I came across stevia so this took me down this rabbit hole of like why are there court cases that have been going on for literally decades on stevia where the sugar industry sugar beet industry was suing stevia companies and the fda was on you know the sugar beet company side and it was crazy because despite the research showing you know that stevia and like You know, healthy doses was fine. Japanese were using it to sweeten their teas. Um, I think it was Tetley Tea was using it to sweeten their tea instead of using the sugar. And they and basically they were like mandated to switch to refined processed sugar to sweeten sweeten their teas and not use stevia. And so when I so I actually got on the phone and I called the FDA and I remember this one gentleman in some research department there, and he said, "Listen, lady, if I wanted to ban carrots, I can ban carrots." Oh my God. I know. And, you know, and I was this naive little 19 year old trying to understand, like, why would you ban a healthy natural plant (laughs) product? So that was it. When he said that, I was like, the horns came out and I was on a mission to learn as much as I could about, um, you know, how things get regulated. And you know what you're saying? It's so true. It's that, you know, I watched it happen with iodine when I, you couldn't get iodine across the border at all. And now if you can see it again on the on this on the shelves, which is good. I saw it with desiccated thyroid when desiccated thyroid was banned, um, and you couldn't get it from anywhere but South Africa for a while there. And you know, and it is a political game, and it's an economic game, and it is at the end of the day. There's very strong lobbies, right, on the food side, on the supplement mm-hmm. side, and it's important for people to really um, understand this, but keep fighting for what they need in their diet and and in
0: the problems. right and one yes we could talk forever but let me just say that um with the current u.s administration uh, decreasing the drug prices and going after big pharma this is this is huge and with the current administration stopping the the trade um uh whatever they were called, trade agreements. I think codex has probably stopped, so we don't have to do codex uh, Mm -hmm. because the U.S. signed on to it. So there are things that that are happening that people recognize that uh, are not healthy for us. Now, I don't agree with cheaper drugs, but it's a step in the right direction because the drug companies, when I lobbied... um, Ottawa and Washington we were told in DC That the senators would never support Alternative medicine because it went against the drug companies and if the drug companies um, uh, Thought that that was happening they they would go offshore. They went offshore and anyway all the drugs are being made in China mm. and now we're suffering because China could hold us hostage to these drugs even insulin. We don't even make our own insulin. So yes, it's um, We do have to just you know Reel back, you know, you don't have to become an activist You have to become an activist for your own health be responsible for your own health There are enough resources now that you can live a very healthy life show by example and you and your kids will, you know, will just shine. I tell homeschooling parents that their kids are gonna, they're gonna run the country with, you know, good principles and good health.
1: I could not agree with you more, especially because my master's dissertation, my master's thesis was on de- deschooling for an eco-citizenry. And so it was about let's get rid of these, you know, man-made, human-made institutions and let's bring it back to unschooling. Like let's unlearn everything we've ever learned before about everything. Uh, politics, (laughs) economics, religion, you know, and let's just go back to using nature as our living laboratory, um, and experimenting that way. And um, yeah, so I couldn't agree with you more on that statement. (laughs) Definitely. And we're seeing that now with COVID sweeping through so many families now have moved to homeschooling and recognizing that, Mm -hmm. you know, because they've been doing it for the last six months that their children are thriving. You know, yes. they're able to be home and grow food and they're, everybody's growing gardens now, which is amazing. So, yeah. you know, a lot of people won't like me saying this while COVID was, you know, for sure, you know, hard on the entire world and very sad for, you know, lots of, lots of deaths that did occur at the same time. I'm like, I think it's woken up our, our world to maybe a different way of living. Yeah, so
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yes. Very well, good. it has been such a pleasure having you on the show, Carolyn. Like I, We're going to have to have you on again because there's so many topics I didn't even get to. I think we got to like two out of the 10 that I wanted to um, because <laughs> okay. we covered so many other great things. Um, but thank you so very much for sharing your knowledge with everyone. We are going to share this with our audience and give it back to you to share with yours. So we'll do okay. this again. Thank okay. you. Okay.
0: Mahalo and bless you.
1: Mahalo and bless you as well. Bountiful blessings. So is not Dr. Carolyn Dean, a wealth of info. She has done so much in the world in the past 50 years um, when it comes to health, nutrition, reversing disease, helping people reclaim their lives. So if you are someone who is suffering from a chronic illness, from an injury, from stress, anxiety, depression, from anything that is not optimal health, then you need to get in touch with us at Richer Health or get in touch with Dr. Carolyn Dean. Um, Make sure you're getting magnesium, high quality, good grade magnesium into your body. This applies to your children, your teenagers, your loved ones, your partners, your exes, your exes, girlfriends, and boyfriends. It doesn't matter who. You need to spread the message of how important magnesium is and make sure that people are getting enough of it obviously first through food and then of course through additional supplementation because we're not going to be able to get it all through food. So join us at 22 million strong and also head over to our website nicoletterichet.com richerhealth.ca because we are offering our $600 Eat Real to Heal five-week program. It's an online course and you can access that for 20 for the entire month of October. So we have another 10 days that we're offering that. So please get a copy of it now because you can start learning about the five principles of reversing chronic disease. And you can start applying them over the next five weeks, which will set you up for a lifetime of eating well, understanding the art and science of using food as medicine. And then of course, reclaiming your health Starting today with the next bite of food you put into your body. So, for $22, you can get our five week program and get started today. Okay, everyone, thanks for being with us. Bye bye.